0: Hello everyone, I want to shed more light on what it means for me to be a Christian Gnostic. and as usual, I will be putting the words of articles into my own words, autonomy, independence and individuality. So what is a Christian agnostic? Christian agnostic is a term that is displayed in the title of Leslie D. Weatherhead's great book, The Christian Agnostic, and it immediately resonates with me. So what exactly is meant by the denotation? Well, first, I do not use the term agnostic here as is commonly used. A person who holds that the existence of the ultimate cause as God and the essential nature of things are unknown or unknowable. While I do assert that the existence of God for myself has a hard time with the concepts of complete certainty and complete knowledge regarding God's existence and God's sovereignty. Um, I do not use agnostic in this context for such a connotation. Rather, I use the term just as Weatherhead used it. I am a person who is immensely attracted by Christ and I seek to show his spirit to meet the challenges, his hardships, and sorrows of life in the light of Jesus' spirit, but who, though I am sure of many Christian truths, I feel that I cannot honestly and conscientiously sign on the dotted line that I believe certain theological ideas about which some branches of the church dogmatize. My intellectual integrity makes me say about many things it may be so, I do not know. That's how I feel about heaven, hell, purgatory, God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the miracles, supernaturalism, uh, apparitions, ghosts, angels, demons, archangels, archangels, archdemons, art and uh, Satan. The demonic realm, the angelic realm, uh, the book of life, and uh, Peter being a saint holding the keys to heaven and the keys to heaven himself, um, the pearly gates, uh, the heavenly feast, heavenly mansions, uh, the streets of gold, and all the extraordinary claims of religious texts, T-E-X-T-S. I am a Christian agnostic in the sense that I feel drawn to the Christian message, and I feel that in Christianity, religion reaches its maturity in the person of Jesus, yet I also feel that some of Christian doctrine is vague, wrong-headed, implausible, and perhaps even wrong. Therefore, I am perfectly fine with saying, I do not see the evidence for doctrine such and such, so I will abstain from believing it. And this is where Christian agnosticism finds its home in me and me in it. So let's keep going. Spiritual Adventures.com. Mag, Magi. Uh, the Magi. Um, the Magi. Magi. Non Christian followers of Jesus. There are people all over the world who follow Jesus but don't call themselves religious Christians. Perhaps a billion or more. So, I. Hi. Follow Jesus, but I do not call myself a religious Christian. I'm a part of that billion or more category. This is a pri- this is sometimes surprising to Christians, and even disconcerting to some Christians. Christians like to think that they own Jesus, own heaven, controls who goes to heaven, controls who goes to hell, and they say there's no purgatory. They like to control dogmas doctrines theologies who goes to church who's kept out of church who the bible is for and who the bible is against the us versus them tribalism yes unfortunately that is true i have friends and acquaintances who call themselves muslim followers of jesus buddhist followers of jesus Hindu followers of Jesus, Native American followers of Jesus. I think that a few people who call themselves agnostic followers of Jesus. By the way, I'm an agnostic follower of Jesus. And by the way, I'm a Unitarian Universalist follower of Jesus. I am. And some people ask me, are you a biblical Christian? I would say yes, non-religiously. And that would confuse them, and that would make me expand more, which I'm going to do right now. I do not use the Bible to reject science. I do not use the Bible to reject mathematics. I do not use the Bible to reject history. I do not use the Bible for condemnation. I do not use the Bible for bigotry. I do not use the Bible for small mindedness. I do not use the Bible for closed mindedness. I do not use the Bible for elitism. I do not use the Bible for racism. I do not use the Bible for LGBTQI plus phobia. I do not use the Bible for rape culture. I do not use the Bible for sex shaming. I do not use the Bible for slut shaming. I do not use the Bible for crude shaming. I do not use the Bible for kink shaming. I do not use the Bible to war against secular people. I do not use the Bible to war against faith-based people who are not Christians. I do not use the Bible for any kind of human rights violations whatsoever. I do not use the Bible to reject justice. I do not use the Bible to be the private life police. I do not use the Bible to be the sex police. I do not use the Bible to promote hatred, barbarity, cruelty, savagery misogyny, adult supremacy, caste systems, governmental oppression, international oppression, oppression everywhere, oppression of all kinds, abuses of all kinds, traumas of all kinds, victimizations of all kinds, violence of all kinds, harassment of all kinds, assault of all kinds, Bullying of all kinds, stalking and intrusion of all kinds. I never use the Bible to do any of those things. My heart lacks all those things. I use the Bible to promote oneness and wholeness of all creation, the original design. Of us all. That's what I use the Bible for. You can also call me a spiritual Christian. What does that mean? I live out universal Christ consciousness, I live out universal God consciousness, I live out universal higher consciousness. And what does those things mean? Let's go back to something to answer the question. You know how you can follow Jesus and not be a Christian? All good people, in my view, have the spirit of Christ. All good people do. All good people, including non-Christians. So, Jesus loves more people than we've been taught. Jesus doesn't have a problem with non-Christians. He loves them unconditionally and is excited to share heaven with them. So, Christians are not the only people who get to enjoy heaven. Food for thought. While this might be alarming to some Christians, it is is solidly grounded in Scripture in the birth narrative of Matthew's Christmas story. The term, quote-unquote, Christian did not come into use until after the death, and resurrection of Jesus. The 12 disciples of Jesus would not have called themselves Christians. See Acts chapter one, verse 26. The 12 disciples were Jewish followers of Jesus. The Magi in Matthew's gospel were not Jewish, and there's no evidence that they ever became Christians. The Magi were ma- magicians and sorcerers in the ancient Near Eastern world. They were known for their priestly wisdom and expertise in interpreting dreams, oriental wisdom, reading signs, and astrology of the wise men. The wise men Magi who visited baby Jesus were from the East. The brief description has led commentators to speculate about their origin. The best guesses are that the Magi were from ancient Arabia, Babylon, and Persia. However, it is in the realm of possibility that they were from the ancient Far East India or China. Commentators also speculate about their religious orientation. The most popular guesses saw Roastrianism, but they could also have been polyers, even influenced by Far East religions like Hinduism, Buddhism, or Taoism. Suffice it to say, they were definitely not Jewish. Uh, Despite their non-Jewish background, the Magi presented in Matthew's gospel as the Lord's followers of Jesus. In fact, Matthew is most likely presenting the Magi as echoes of the Gentile prophet Salam and the Torah, who prophesied about the coming Messiah as a star who will rise from the shaker. Numbers chapter 24, verse 17. There are many stories in scripture where the quote-unquote outsider or quote-unquote anti-hero becomes the example for true love, devotion, heartfelt worship, like Phalaam, Ruth, the Magi, and the Samaritan. In Matthew's gospel, the magicians and sorcerers from the East set the pattern for authentic devotion to worship the called the true spirit of Christmas. The Magi are excellent examples of surrender to a higher power but to borrow language from the recovery world. They display three acts of devotion from which we all can learn. The Magi recognized God's special presence in the world and respond with joy and devotion. The Magi recognized that God was doing something special in the world, with an unusual star over Bethlehem. It was possibly a comet. See the excellent research in the great Christ Comment by Colin R. Nicole. Matthew says, when they saw the star, they're filled with joy. Matthew chapter 2, verse 10. I think we need to recognize God's special presence in creation, in nature, in circumstances, and in people. We need to have eyes to see and hear. We need to have eyes to see and ears to hear what God is doing around us. It's important to practice tuning into beauty, love, grace, and creativity. The Magi humbly bow and worship before the mystery of God's presence. When the Magi arrived, Matthew says they entered the house and saw the child with his mother Mary. They bowed down and worshiped in Matthew chapter two, verse eleven. The magi recognized God's special presence in the baby Jesus. Astrologers like the magi believed that a special, unique star, like a comet or a meteor shower, in the sky was a sign that a special person with special significance in history was being born. They followed the star and bowed before Jesus, like they would bow before a king. It was an act of worship to bow before the mystery of god's special presence in the world of jesus humility and surrender before god higher power are hallmarks for recovery from the brokenness of our lives in the world in which we live that guy respond with generosity the final act of devotion by the match i was given a gift matthew says then they opened their treasure chest and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Matthew chapter 2 verse 11. Stintiness is not the way to respond to God's special presence in creation in nature, circumstances, and in people. We must lean into beauty, love, grace, and creativity with cheerful generosity order to expand the flow of these gifts in our lives and in the world. Stinchiness shuts us off from the flow of grace. It, it attempts to bottle up and hoard what can only be received and given. All the best gifts in life must be received with grace and given grace. Generosity expands our capacity to give and receive. Generosity is the service component to recovery, recovery unity service. We must give away what we have received in order to keep it. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh were gifts suited for a king in the ancient Near East. We all have time, talents, and money through which we can serve others and make the world a better place. We sow seeds of love, grace, beauty, and generosity for the sheer joy of it. The Magi shows its true spirit of Christmas. Jesus came into the world not to be served, but to serve, give his life as a sacrificial gift for us all. It says Merry Christmas, Shalom. We know it's February, but, you know, just I hope hopefully you can enjoy the greeting. Um, so... Yes, I want to address something, as I usually, and I usually do it with courage. So, let us begin. I've met people who are thought, who remind me of Jesus, and they tend to not be Christians. They don't tend to claim the faith, but it's as if they're, which I truly feel to be true, is as if they're better at being Christians than Christians. And these are people who don't even call themselves Christians. I know I'm not the only one who's had that experience. I've met, okay, let me start correctly. I've met atheists and agnostics who remind me of Jesus the most. I've met Buddhists who remind me of Jesus the most. I've met Hindus who remind me of Jesus the most. I've met humanists who remind me of Jesus the most. I've met practitioners of Judaism and Islam and uh, uh, paganism. And those who are earth-centered who remind me of Jesus the most. Non-Christians remind me of Jesus the most. And you know the people that remind me of Jesus the least? Those who call themselves Christians. So people probably know what does it mean that they remind you of Jesus the most. Let me see. They're in love with research. Um they are friends of science Um, they're critical thinkers Um, they don't obsess over people's private lives they focus on the decency of people Uh, social justice makes them excited Um, they love us to have an aspiration for world peace and inner peace that's, what, that's why I think that for me Jesus is the best example of world peace and inner peace that I strive for both and I'm successful in both but let me get back to what I'm saying well, but before I do what does it mean Jesus Lord what does that mean to me He's the greatest example of world peace and inner peace. Notice, I don't have any religious reasons for picking Jesus or being in awe of the concept of God as I was taught. I have no religious reasons at all for following Jesus because I don't have a religious bone in my body. Okay? A lot of people accusing God-hating. God-hating is not... In me because I don't have a god heading bone in my body, so people can kill that noise. It's just untrue. It's a false thing. Um, I also would like to say that um, I I I've been overall very proud to uh, say that I'm a humanist follower of Jesus. I'm an agnostic humanist follower of Jesus. I'm a humanist agnostic follower of Jesus. The followers of Jesus, in my opinion, are in all religions. And that doesn't disrespect the ones that they follow. Because you can follow more than one excellent teacher. I think that religion should create that space where, okay, you can follow. You can believe in Allah. You can live by the Torah. And still go, you know what? Actually, I like Jesus, too. You know, so I believe that religion should um, merge all the goodness that all religions provide and say it doesn't have to be one or the other. We can make room for Jesus and still uh, pray three times a day, it's like the East. You know, we could you can go to Mecca and still love Jesus. That doesn't mean that you... It, it doesn't have to be one or the other. Uh, I mean you have the right to make that way if you want to um but you can say there are things about each religion that maybe we can learn from maybe what they got that's good let's duplicate that or what we got is good we'll let them duplicate so i have a spiritual christ-like humanism um, like Mahatma Gandhi talking about spiritual humanism, I take it a step further. I have a Christ-like humanism and it's rooted in the spirit. So therefore, I'm a practice. So my religious views, because I created a gospel called the gospel of me, that means all good people go to heaven, regardless of what you believe while you are on earth. And you don't have to Th- you don't have to think the same to have love remain. You know how us us you in turn versus say you not think alike the love alike. I say you don't have to think the same for love to remain. You don't have to think the same in order for love to remain. You don't have to think the same in order for love to remain. So that's what I want to say is that let's have more than one. Follow. It doesn't have to be just one person. You go, hey, there are things about this person that I need to adopt for my life. Doesn't about this other teacher. I adopt for my life too. Doesn't have to be. Well, if you like certain things about Jesus or certain things about Allah, you're not a true this religion, that religion. That's how you get stupid religious wars, stupid religious violence, and stupid religious tribalism. Um. So, um, I'm thankful for what I just read. Actually, so I want to now. I want to now expand more. Jesus is not the same as Christ. Opinion Chuck Queen, May 7, 2015. A holistic, inclusive, compassionate, just-oriented Christian vision would be adopted by more Christians. If more Christians more carefully understood and distinguished between the creed Easter Jesus and the post-Easter Christ. The apparent stories in the Gospel are probably a late developing tradition for they are absent from Mark. The first gospel written function to bridge the gap between historical Jesus Nazareth and living cosmic Christ, linking the two together. Christ, however, is not Jesus' last name. Jesus is not the same as Christ, though Jesus is included in the cosmic reality of Christ. And his excellent work, The Future of Faith, Harvey Cox describes it this way: This cosmic, collective, corporate, divine reality known as Christ is not limited to Christians. We who are followers of the historical Jesus, Christians, know and experience the character, love, compassion, goodness, etc. of the cosmic Christ through the, life and, through the life and teachings of Jesus of Nazareth. But the spirit of Christ is not limited to Christians. That's what I've been saying all along. According to Cox, one of the most devastating blunders made by the church was to insist that the spirit is present only in believers. I also say that the spirit is present in unbelievers and non-believers too. The apostle Paul rarely references the historical Jesus. He speaks mostly of the cosmic Christ to whom we are united, and whom and through whom we live. We are in Christ, and Christ is in us. Place chapter two, verse twenty. I love that Bishop Carlton Pearson said, and the title of his book um, that I'm going to reference is perfectly stated. I love that Bishop Carlton uh, Harrison says it this way um, God is not a Christian or a Jew, Muslim, Hindu. God dwells with us, in us, around us, as us. Again, what does it mean we are in Christ and Christ is in us? It means God is not a Christian nor a Jew, Muslim, Hindu. God dwells with us, in us, around us, as us. So let me state it in a different way multiple times. What does it mean we are in Christ and Christ is, Christ is in us? Christ is not a Christian nor a Jew, Muslim, Hindu. Christ de- dwells with us, in us, around us, as us. We go. In the Christ hymn slash litanies of Philippians chapter 2 verses 6 to 11 and Colossians chapter 1 verse 15 to 20 the cosmic Christ precedes the historical Jesus. In Colossians the ancient Jewish wisdom tradition which was personified as a woman Sophia in some texts is applied to Christ. Christ here is creator and sustainer of everything And the reality within whom all things will be gathered up, reconciled to God. And I'm going to say this to be gender inclusive. Through people, God was pleased to reconcile to God's self all things, whether on earth or in heaven. The language here is poetic, mythic, metaphorical, symbolic, as all religious language must be. I totally upgrade. what a big picture grand story universal inclusive royalty i don't say kingdom i say royalty because we have to be gender inclusive what a big picture grand story universal inclusive royalty of god kind of christianity we would have if more christians understood and made these distinctions it is the cosmic christ in whom we all live and move and have our being acts chapter 17 verse 28. Christ is the light that enlightens every person, John chapter 1, verse 9, and is the spirit of truth, the advocate that enlightens the whole world to spirituality, John chapter 16, verse 7, through 11. Christ is the fullness of God who will ultimately gather up everything in itself, God of spirit, and draw all people into conscious oneness and wholeness and god john chapter 12 verse 32 franciscan theologian and mystic richard Rohr expresses this beautifully um what a difference this vision makes in how we see the world and our place in it and also in how we interpret and, and apply scripture the gospels for example blend and interweave together memories of the historical Jesus and, procl- and proclamations of the living being. When we, under- when we understand this, the gospels makes so much more sense. And it says uh, Christ means more than Jesus. It also refers to the new end of relationships that arose around him during and after his life. Paul frequently speaks of the Christ who dwells within him, meaning Paul him, and within the other followers. When, for example, he Paul writes that among those who share the spirit of Christ, there is no there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for all are one in Christ Jesus. It, he Paul again means something more extensive than the historical of Jesus. Galatians chapter 3, verse 28. The Easter cycle, with all its harshness, joy, and impenetrability, tells of this enlightenment of the historical of Jesus into the Christ story. You can see Jesus as a woman, as a man, as gender non-binary, gender non-conforming, queer, or you can just say, you know, we're just going to have deities and Christ figures and spirits and that's fine. Those are all good. All good. Okay. It says the eternal Christ mystery began with the Big Bang where God decided to materialize as the universe. Henceforth. The material and the spiritual trap always coexisted, just as Genesis chapter one, verse one through two seems to be saying, although this Christ existed long before Jesus and is coterminous with creation itself. Christians seem to think Christ is Jesus' last name. What Jesus, the historical Jesus allows us to imagine because we see it in Jesus. I don't want to say him, I want to say Jesus, because we have to include gender and sexual diversity. And more part of gender and sexual diversity belongs even when it comes to concepts that are attributed to religion. Uh what Jesus, the historical Jesus allows us to imagine because we see it in Jesus, is that the divine and the human are forever one. I agree. God took on all human nature. Jesus is the archetypal representative of human being and said yes to it forever. I agree. In varying degrees and with infinite qualities, God took on everything physical, material, and natural as itself. Not Himself, as itself. That's just my presence. That is the full meaning of the incarnation. To allow such a momentous truth to fully believe it. To enjoy in practical ways. To suffer with it and for others. That's what it means to be Christ-like. That's what it means. To be about Christ consciousness. And you can find Christ consciousness in all religions. You can find Christ consciousness in all secular ideologies. If you really think about it. He says that's what means to be Christian. Put whatever your values are and says that's what means to be needful neglects to yourself. Nothing else will do now. Nothing less will save the world. Roar daily meditation, chapter. No, December 18th, 2014. There's no chapter, sorry. December 18th, 2014. It says for example, consider the saying of Jesus in John chapter 14, verse 6, which is not an actual saying of the historical Jesus, but a saying attributed to Jesus as living Christ by the Johannine community. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to God except through me. I don't say Father, I say God. This is not true of the historical Jesus, but it's true of the living Christ, in whom and through whom we all live, breathe, and have our existence. We know the cosmic Christ through the historical person of Jesus, but the cosmic Christ can speak, draw, enlighten, touch, and transform people through means, methods, and mediators other than the historical Jesus. I agree. Brother David Stendhal Rass says it like this. We can come to know and experience the Christ self in us through a number of different ways for Christians, Jesus, the way, and truth that leads us into a relationship to divine life. Consider also the story of Jesus walking on the water in Mark chapter 6, verse 45 to 52. It is highly improbable that the historical Jesus walked on water. This story is rooted in the church's proclamation of the living Christ, rather than the the historical Jesus. Some gospel stories are clearly rooted in the history of Jesus of Nazareth. Other stories like this one are predominantly related to the church's proclamation of the cosmic Christ. Mark's storm on the sea draws from the rich tradition in the Hebrew scriptures, where, one, the sea is associated with evil powers, and two, God rules the sea. According to an ancient creation myth that shows up in the Psalms and the Prophets, when God made the world to separate the waters from the dry land, God had to combat subdued monstrous forces of chaos that lived in or were identified with the waters of the sea. Psalm chapter 89, verse 8 through 10, Isaiah chapter 7, verse 8 through 10. Rahab was one of the names of the primal sea monster, perhaps a personification of chaos itself, which God had to subdue. See, especially Psalm chapter 127, verse 23 through 29, which may have been used to shape Mark's story. Also, Mark's version clearly draws from the Hebrew imagery and language. I am, fear not, going to pass by Of theophany. God identifies God's self to Moses as I am. Fear not was the first word generally spoken by God on angel when God or angels appeared to humans. The passing by imagery comes from Exodus chapter 3, verse 18 and 19, where God passed by Moses when Moses said to God, show me your glory. Clearly, Mark's story draws upon Hebrew imagery to connect Christ with God's engagement in the world and God's people. We would call this story a, Christo, a Christophany. It's a story about the living presence of Christ in the church in times of distress and hardship. It is a story for all time. But think how appropriate the proclamation would have been to the Christians, to the Christian community. I'm a member of the Christ-like community. It, it is a story for all time, but think of how impor- appropriate this proclamation would have been to the Christian community. Mark was addressing during and in the aftermath of the destruction of Jerusalem by the Romans. All chaos was unleashed, but at faith, living Christ is present in the storm. The pre Easter Jesus, the historical Jesus, the person Jesus whose life gives us a full picture of what a human life immersed in God, full of divine love and compassion, looks like. The post-Easter Christ incorporates the human Jesus, but it's a much larger and more expansive reality. As a Christian, Christians understand the cosmic Christ through the lens of the historical Jesus. I experience, I, Antonio Ray Myers, experience the spirit of Christ as the spirit, character, passion, and compassion of Jesus of Nazareth and other people some people experience the spirit of Christ when it comes to spirits, character, passion, and compassion of other figures other beings Um, and other schools of thought other um, topics, it could be science, mathematics inventions history, what have you. You can experience the spirit of Christ in those things too. Jesus provides my objective reference point style brass for making a sense of the Christ spirit, the Christ within and the spirit at work in the world. Um, The community of believers, I associate myself with the secular community that I'm a part of. And in my personal life, in my professional life, I'm just speaking for me. My true self, my authentic self is the Christ self, the divine self living in and through me. Christ in me is my hope of glory. Colossians chapter one, verse 27 It's also the hope of the world. Only the Christ within every human being could be brought to conscious awareness and divine love, which is incarnate in the circle of Jesus. I, I I would like to think that I'm not pushing religion on anybody. I'm not heavy on religion. I'm not proselytizing I'm not converting. I'm not convincing. I'm not persuading. I'm just telling you my truth. Within each one unleashed, the the royalty of God will come on earth. Um, as for me, I understand the cosmic Christ through the lens of the circle of Jesus as a um, non-religious Christian. If you want to call me that, that's okay. Um, I just feel in my soul that's the way I choose to live um, my life so I live a life of I live a holistic, inclusive more important, belonging compassionate, more importantly empathic, justice oriented Christ like life so that concludes my talk on religion or no it doesn't I need to say more Uh James Martin SJ June 26, 2020 Jesus was not white here's why we should stop pretending he was many have asked me in the last few days when I think about the legitimate critiques, critiques of the ubiquity of white Jesus representations like the famous painting head of christ by warner salman the first thing to say is that jesus did not look like that we don't know what he looked like the gospel was silent about that but we know that he wasn't white he's known as jesus of nazareth after all which means he came from a small 200 to 400 person town in galilee white jesus threat many oh man the hashtag white jesus wow wow as the reverend john mayer says in his magisterial series of books at like margaret judo about historical jesus If we were to see Jesus today, we might be shocked, given the European images we used to. Just look at men in Galilee today to begin to understand what he might have looked like. That's a photo of two friends of mine from Galilee, two cousins, both named Mar. When I pray these days, I imagine Jesus looking much more like them. They're both great guys, too, which makes it easy to see them as images of Jesus. So I think that today Jesus should be portrayed more like he probably looked. That's why I use images for my daily gospel tweets from innovative sites like Lumo, which depict Jesus closer to what he, again, probably looked like. Also, images of white Jesus have obviously been used to come up with the idea that white is best. White is right. Whiteness is righteousness. Which are all sinful in the eyes of Jehovah. And in many representations of Jesus, especially in stained glass, he is not only white, but the purest white, whiter than anyone else. is terrible cat to cases. And this has the most terrible effects on people who do not look like that. I'm reminded of Toni Morrison's The Magnificent novel, The Bluest Eye, where the young girl believes that whiteness is beautiful, therefore also implying that blackness is ugly. White, good, black, evil, like the light and dark. has racist who goes that's how i feel about blacks as a white if jesus is white and you're not what does that say about relationship with him what does it mean that christ came for all if you feel left out representation of the saints are often just as bad they're almost always white even say saint augustine who hailed from north africa that's why for images like those of John Nava, who completed a remarkable series of tapestries for the Cathedral of Our Lady of the Angels in Los Angeles, where the models for many of the saints are based on people in the neighborhood. We see the same pattern recurring for Mary. So many images, even contemporary ones, make her look like a suburban American housewife, which is frankly inaccurate. She was Miriam of Nazareth, I thought, a poor Galilean woman. Also, baby Jesus did not have blonde hair. This pattern is so strong that when I worked with refugees in East Africa, a Ethiopian refugee artist kept bringing me pic- paintings of white Jesus and white Mary because that's what he had been taught. When I suggested painting Jesus and Mary as black people, which I think they were, he initially balked. James Martin says, darker in complexion hair, of course, but there's more than that. As father Mayer points out given the time jesus was shorter and probably had bad teeth and other physical problems related to the lack of good diet and health care and by the way he's speaking aramaic not english eventually he brought me beautiful images of jesus and mary as ethiopians nice this was all the more surprising since there's a long tradition of exact those kinds of paintings in this country the white jesus was what he had been taught by white priests and Jesus, God became human, which means that we have to take Jesus' humanity seriously. He was a first century Galilean carpenter. What did that look like? Not Warner Salmon's idea. I'll leave a spot what his glorified body looked like after the resurrection, but it was him. Thus it's essential to remember where Jesus' Nazareth came from, what people from that area look like today, and also what they probably looked like in the first century. He wasn't white, neither was Mary, nor were the apostles. Also, they were Jews. Also, they were Jewish. But I say more, images of Jesus need to be inculcated into every culture. Because God cannot simply as a Galilean. But God came not simply as a Galilean, but as a human being. That's why I love seeing images of Jesus in every culture and every heat, well, Me too. Like the beautiful Jesus Moccasus or Janet McKenzie's Blown on Jesus of the People. Or one of my favorite images, the crucifixion scene at Hakima College in Nairobi, Kenya by Engelbert Nivding, SJ, before which I prayed many times. Do I think we should quote unquote cancel white Jesus? If that means like destroy images. No, I don't like the idea of destroying images Christ. said we should promote images of Jesus as inculturated into the cultures in which he now lives. After all, he's arisen and is found everywhere. I I don't mind white Jesus. I can't stand the racism that people attach to white Jesus. Like, get rid of racist white Jesus and if you have a white Jesus who doesn't mind who doesn't mind being in environments that are not white, then I'm all for it. Then that white Jesus is cool. You know? I've heard some people say, hey, you know I'm white, I don't mind worshiping a black Christ. So that kind of white Jesus is cool to me. The racist one, uh, uh, he can throw himself in hell. So, this also means that we should have black Jesus in white churches as a reminder of who Jesus was and is today. Because Jesus is best found in people that are outside your comfort zone. Remember, in Jesus' parable of the Good Samaritan, it's the quote-unquote quote, other guy that helps out. But even more important in pictorial images of Jesus' views, which are important to be sure, is seeing Christ alive in every person. I see Christ in all good people. Christians and not Christians. Here we go. Especially those who are on the margins. I see Christ in all good people, especially the ones are marginalized. Okay, especially those who are on the margins, those who are persecuted, those who are victimized in any way, Christ lives in them. So in short, i would argue for more accurate images of Jesus and probably appear to more images of Jesus in every culture. But more importantly, more efforts to find Christ in every person, because each of us is an image of him. As Gerard Manley Hopkins S.J. wrote, For Christ plays in 10,000 places, lovely in limbs and lovely in eyes, not his. Reverend James Martin SJ, a Jesuit priest, author, editor at large at America. I love this dude is cool. Then it says, "Eventually, he brought me beautiful images of Jesus and Ethiopians. This is all the more surprising since there's a long tradition of exactly those kinds of paintings in this country. But white Jesus, what he had been taught, by surprise, white priests. That's why I prefer images like those of John Nava." who completed a remarkable series of tapestries the Cathedral of our, Lord, of our Lady of the Angels in Los Angeles where the models for many of the saints are based on people in the neighborhood. So I think that today Jesus should be portrayed more like he probably looked, which is why he's interested from my daily gospel speaks on innovative sites like Luma, which makes Jesus close to what he, again, probably looked like. And, um white jesus thread many have asked me in the last few days what i think about the legitimate critiques of the ubiquitous white jesus representations like famous painting head of christ by one or sound like that white jesus so that concludes all my religion talk for one month. I'll be talking about religion again on March 7th, 2022. I also want to say, let me say this. That when it comes, this is, I'm going to talk about my sex life again on March 7th, too. So I'm taking one more break. To sex. Let me talk about this. So I'm going to, um, I do need to discuss this very important topic. Full body exploration in every which way is how my sex partners and I love to play.